Good afternoon. You're listening to Faith FM. You're here with Chapo. And Bethany. And we would like to welcome you to The Marriage Project, the radio show where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. For the next hour, we're going to be talking to you about the background for this new segment and we're going to be starting to examine the blessing that marriage is supposed to be in our lives. So before we go any further, we should probably tell these people who we are. That's probably a good idea, chap. So my name is, well, my name is Michael Chapman, but nobody really knows that. That's his serious, on paper, what people who are scared to call him his nickname call him name, right? Yeah, that's right. But everyone calls me Chapo. I am a pastor. I pastor the Central Coast Community Church, which is an Adventist community church in Wyong. And how about you? You are my co-host, but you're not just my co-host. I'm also married to you, co-host, and um, I'm also a pastor as well, which is a little bit tricky. So, I'm a pastor also at Central Coast Community Church. I also work for Women's Ministry for the North New South Wales Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Yeah, we've been doing life and ministry and marriage together for... A while now, hey. Yeah, well, this is so, you know, I've been a pastor for 10 years. You've been yep. a pastor for a little bit longer, 11. Yeah, and we've been married for 10, coming up 11 years. That's right. Crikey. Yeah. So, <laughs> I guess we need to talk about our qualifications. So, what entitles us to be able to talk to people about such an incredibly important and sometimes difficult topic, which is marriage? Um, well, firstly, we've been married for 10 years. Yeah. Ten, which almost I don't, 10 and a half. Yeah, I don't think you, like, get a- a gold medal for that, or um, certainly that we have the most blissful, amazing copy this, do that marriage handbook that we can be giving out to people. But certainly along the, the track of 10 years, you definitely learn what works, what doesn't work, and, do. and how to stick with each other through a lot of life's facing challenges that we come up yeah. against. Yeah. Yeah. We've also got three kids. Yeah. Have mercy. We yeah, do. We've got three little <laughs> girls. They are seven years old, five years old and three years old. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've also done a little bit of Gottman training as well myself. Um, so, I have a particular interest in marriages, in communicating well, in loving well with one another. And then also just in our pastoral work as well. We've um, spent a lot of time alongside couples, people that we've coach through certain situations that they've faced yeah. in their marriages so, so as well. at the beginnings of their marriage, as they're just getting started, as we're doing maybe premarital counselling with them at different points along the road, if they hit a rocky part and they want some support, we've been there in those sorts of capacities as well. Yeah. Um, I've done the prepare and rich training that's specifically for, I guess, premarital coaching for couples who are preparing for marriage. And do you just want to share a bit more about what the Gottman training is that you mentioned? Yeah, so I've done level one Gottman training. Um, there's a few different levels of that. And John Gottman is a guy over in America who is, he comes from a maths background actually, and he was really fascinated about relationships and he thought to himself, well, there's got to be some numbers in why they work and why they don't work. And um, he basically did a whole bunch of research and figured out what makes a relationship work and what doesn't. And he's actually married to a psychologist and together they've put together a whole bunch of research data and um, materials for counsellors, therapists and clergy as well to be able to use with people and couples to help them have better relationships based on science. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's really cool. Very cool. So, look, a bit of an introduction to, I guess, because that's what for the next hour, we're going to be talking about, well, why we have chosen this as the topic we want to focus on for our radio segment. And then, yeah, go into that to talk a bit more about, I guess, the, the blessings that marriage is intended to be and yeah, maybe a bit of what God had in mind for the way that marriage should work. Um, but yeah, but first, let's get started with, yeah, why this? I, I guess let's start with the topic. Why the marriage project? That was your idea, Bethany, so I'm going to let you comment on that. Yeah, so we knew that we wanted to talk about marriage already, 
we knew that because in our experience, we really felt like that was a, like a felt need, not only in our churches that we minister to, but also in the community around us, that marriage is a really valuable part of the societies we live in. And whether you have a good one or a bad one, it really affects your life. It affects your productivity. It affects how you parent. It affects how you show up to work and um, lots of different areas of your life. Why, particularly though, the word project? Yeah, I, I thought of the word project because we're a work in progress, hey? Yeah. And even 10 years in, it's still, you know, some days you show up and you just think, oh my goodness, I'm just a girl from Hobart doing my very best in this situation <laughs> and showing up for life. And um, so I think that's it as well. It's like that people in general, we're not done, we're still growing, we're yeah. still on a journey, on a process. So, so I wanted to call it a project because yeah. we're working on it. So as individuals, we're a project. We're continually developing, growing, maturing, both in many ways, including spiritually. Yeah. Um, but then together as a married couple, that is also continually a project. You don't just get to the point where you're like, marriage is awesome. We've nailed it. This is where we we stay here. Exactly. Nothing's ever going to go wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not just like you can call it happily ever after and then tick that box and be done with it either. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's part of our lived experience. It's part of our day-to-day. It's part of how we interact yeah. with the people around us who are closest to us. Yeah. So, some of the things we'll be talking about over the coming weeks is things like, you know, navigating change, like when circumstances change and how to love through that, how to love your spouse through times of grief through times of sickness, through mental health struggles, talk about um, a whole range of things that relate to, yeah, having a strong marriage that can withstand. Yeah, building a strong marriage through becoming parents um, and changing from a couple without kids to a couple with kids. We're still like, we haven't hit teenagers yet, so we don't know the full journey of that, but yeah. we can certainly share wisdom from where we've been. And there's probably people listening to us thinking, oh, they're just pups. They don't even know what it's like <laughs> to have a 16 year old. Um, <laughs> have mercy. Yeah. You need to pray for us then. Yeah. I guess, look, the other thing is that he's talking about why we chose marriage. And I, I guess it's been a bit of a focus for a huge part of our ministry together is, is the idea around marriage. And that's because it's something that's really personal to us. So, right. so you might remember like, um, when we were dating before we got married, we spoke about wanting to create a new normal that was different to what we had experienced in our, in our families and creating our own future, our own family, our own traditions and that kind of thing. Cause we both came from broken homes. So yeah. Do you want to talk a bit more about that? Yeah. So in my family of origin, um, there was really only like one, lasting marriage that I can remember out of all of the members of my family and that would be my grandmother and grandfather but they actually really didn't even like each other and they had different rooms and (laughs) they were constantly bickering. One was going blind in old age and one was going deaf in old age and so the one who was blind would sit really close to the TV and turn the TV down just in spite of the one who couldn't hear and apparently when they were younger, they used to just straight up quarrel, but they lost the energy for that. And so, they used to just do small spiteful things as they got older. And apart from that, all the other couples in my family had either unpleasant marriages or had been divorced. And I grew up in a single parent household as well. So, coming into marriage myself, I knew that I wanted to face a future of something that was stable and had love that continued onwards and I didn't want to give up on that and so I wanted to figure out well if I'm going to do this how am I going to make it work yeah we're going to take a break here and when we come back we'll talk a bit more about the motivation and the reason for why we've wanted to talk about marriage well I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses the voice I hear 
For the mightiest Son of God discloses And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known He speaks and the sound of His voice All the birds hush their singing And the melody that He gave to me is in my heart Just a ring a ring a ring a ring a ring And He walks with me And He talks with me And He tells me I am His own And the joy that we share As we tarry there Nobody else has ever known to Faith FM, you're listening to The Marriage Project with Chapo and Bethany. And we're so keen to have you with us. We've been talking about marriage. We've been talking about why it's a project and not just a one-off I do situation, but actually something that we work on throughout right. a lifetime. So, before the break, you were speaking about the reason why, I guess, marriage has been something like an important topic in your life and something that you've invested in and spent time on. A bit about my side of it now. So, I've also grew up in a broken home. I have only met my father once. We grew up with mum. There was four siblings in my family. I've got a brother and two sisters and we all have different fathers. So, I never got to experience what it looked like to have a sort of, I don't know, a stable, what do they call it? Nuclear family? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 And something that your mum always said to me was, right, from when you were a baby, she was always looking for that happily ever after, but she never found it. Yeah. And that's what she was trying to build for her family. Yeah. And so, I guess- for you and I, we've we've really tried to build that for each other and figure out, well, what does that actually look like? Because Disney's probably not the most ideal answer of, of how that plays out in the life of a couple. True. And that's probably going to be a whole episode coming up is talking about the Disney picture of love and marriage as opposed to the reality. The Hollywood it. version yeah. versus the what happens after happily ever after. That's right. There's a whole lot in that. Yeah. Yeah. But- I guess for me, there was also like probably a fair bit of anxiety in going into marriage, having never seen it, having never seen what does it look like to be a husband? What does it look like to treat your wife with respect and treat them well? What does it look like to be a father? What does it look like to co-parent, to to have two people parenting as opposed to just one person who makes up the rules and lays it down? And so, there's, there was a lot of 
maybe apprehension. I don't know if that's the right word, but a lot of just uncertainty in what am I going into? So for us, it was, we were just as intentional as possible to try to build a strong foundation, to try to build a strong marriage that was built upon our faith, on the wisdom of other people, on the wisdom of the Bible and whatever we can learn along the way yeah. to make our marriage strong. I think, what was one of our goals earlier on? We had a goal that was saying that we, we wanted to have the kind of marriage that people could be inspired by. Really? Or something like that. I honestly don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, three kids and later m- and my <laughs> memory is like a fish, I swear. Um, but I do it's remember- probably pretty, pretty pompous early on to, to have that kind of goal. <laughs> yeah, it's like you get married yeah. and you're like, yeah, we're totally going to do this. And then three months in, you're like, well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I can remember when we first got, like when we were, even when we were dating and we were talking about getting engaged, getting married, and if that was a possibility into our future, that we said, you know, once we put these rings on- we're doing everything that we can to keep them on. Yeah, that and was to- the commitment we made. That the, the ring goes on, and and we fight and fight and fight to keep them on, doing everything that we have to do personally to keep that ring on. I remember saying that. Yeah, every now and again, I make jokes to you, like if I find it, like in another room of the house, and I'm like, "Hey, remember you were going to keep this on forever," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you've taken it off because like your hands got sweaty in the heat or something like yeah. that. Yeah, well, I'm not. Um, yeah, I'm not the slender man I was when we got married <laughs> either. So I've had to have it resized a few times as well. So. You know, we do change in marriage. We grow and change. We grow and change. And I think that part of it just is that we need to address how does that look? How does that work? How do I keep loving this person when I'm changing? How do I keep loving this person when they're changing? Mm. And it's not the way that I thought it was going to be when I first signed up for this project. So, that's that's why we've gone with the term project because we figured that that idea of building, that idea of growth – that idea of um, being a work in progress is a really yeah. important idea to grasp onto when you're talking about marriage. Yeah. You, you think about a, a wedding ceremony and, you know, you and I have had the privilege of doing a number of wedding ceremonies and, and being the one that joins two people together. Yes. Um, but when they leave the reception and often there's the guard of honour and the hands go up and they, they leave as though they've finally made it, they've reached it, they're now a married couple, but it's only the start. Like, it's only the beginning. That's it. And I mean, you put so much work into a wedding and into that one day and into building it into yeah. something that you've dreamed about for so long. I don't know, as a guy, maybe not so much, but definitely as a woman, like you're like, what am I going to wear? Who's going to sit where? Oh my goodness, that uncle can't sit next to that crazy auntie. Okay. We need to sort this out. We need to figure out what color is this going to be? Who's going to wear that? Does yeah. it match with this? And you spend months yeah. of your life investing into this literally one day where you walk away from it and then it's just the two of you trying yeah. to figure out All of a sudden you what don't the have future that, looks like. You don't have that immediate project to work on and you become the project. Yeah. And you don't think that you're going to get through your wedding, you know, all of the months of preparation and then have a massive fight about whether you put the coffee cups, you know, upside down or right side up in the in the cupboard and <laughs> it's going to end in tears and crying and what have I done? We're so different. <laughs> <laughs> These are important things. And the way the toilet paper roll goes on, does it go over or does it go under? Yeah. And how do you figure that one out and who wins? Yeah. And maybe even just like, how do we figure out a win-win in this situation We're, rather than a I win, you lose yeah. as well? Which is yeah. another whole massive topic that we'll discuss at some yes, point. Which communication, is, conflict. But family of origin is that oh. when you marry someone, you don't just marry them. You marry their family. You marry their generations previous to them of- what's normal to them and how they do stuff and how they expected their future to look, even though they'd never verbalized it or spoken it, it's just in their mind, the picture that was buried deep within. Yeah. I think um, I found that the most full on experience of that was when your sister was living with us because all of a sudden there were two people who had the same (laughs) 
expectations, family of origin and normal. And I was suddenly outnumbered. So instead of it being like, Hey, you and me, let's work this out together. It was like, Hey, there's both of them and they're both doing it that way. And that's not the way that I think that it should be done, but I automatically lose because there's two of them and one of me. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a real challenge trying to figure that one out. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, look, all this being said, I think for a long time, marriage has been something that we really are invested in, not just ourselves, but also wanting people to have the best marriage possible. Christ- marriage is a biblical idea. God loves marriage. God, God invented, invented marriage. marriage. God calls his blessing upon people that join in marriage. And so saying that, like, it's something we should be talking about, something we should be trying to invest in. And particularly as Christians, we should be striving to have the best marriages possible. Yeah. And I know from the experiences that I've had talking to people in terms of marriage therapy and studying the stuff that I have done with the Gottman Institute is that most people wait until it's too late to work Mm. on their marriage. Most people who go to seek out marriage therapy to have couples therapy to talk about their issues have actually been holding on to things way too late. And so then a lot of them actually don't even recover, even though they've sought therapy because they're already that far gone. So we need to be having these conversations earlier in our marriages so that we can be building those strong marriages rather than fixing them down the track. I think there was a there was a statistic that you shared with me after the last lot of training you did with the Gottman Institute about I think was it when they said that people come and, and they get they have a session with you. Yeah. Um in the what what do they call it? Relationship coaching, what's the term? When you like use your tra- when you couples use the- therapy. Couples like, therapy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, was like, you know, yeah. I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know if that was the right term for the training that you had done. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. So um but it was like 80% of people who do seek you out and come to, you know, discuss things will still end in divorce because there's been issues that have been there for six years that they haven't addressed. And it's like that last ditch effort. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, so leaving it too late and then trying to put a band aid on it when you've let it go too yeah. far. And it's actually a huge gaping wound in your marriage. Yeah. yeah. And look, no judgment or shame in that at all. Like, for goodness sake, we're in the middle of the COVID season. Yeah. Um, we've. <laughs> been working from home for like, what, two months. Most of that time has been homeschooling our children who have been under our feet. We live in a small three-bedroom house. Um, we had to put all the girls in one room so that we could have the make a spare room that we could do our recording from and, and do our um, Zooming from and things like that. And it's been pretty full on. Yeah, and trying to create for your work yeah. when you're under pressure, trying to educate the children when you have no idea what they're capable of and what yep. you're capable of. So, we probably haven't been spending the amount of time over the last couple of months investing in making our marriage strong as we should. Quality sometimes time. things are crazy. <laughs> yeah. But it means we've got to put some uh, money back in the bank. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing as well. Like, there is give and take in a marriage situation as well. You know, there are seasons that you go through where some are great and some are not so great. And I think just- allowing those to be, but also seeing where there's a need and investing in it as as things go as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking a bit more about, I guess, the the blessing that God intended marriage to be. And in contrast to that, what are some of the common perceptions about marriage that uh, get thrown around? So, yeah. Cool. All right. See you after the break. The difference of a nurturing community. The difference of high employment rates. The difference of studying at Avondale University College. Get your bachelor degree in arts, business, nursing, teaching or ministry. Avondale University College gives you the degree you need to make the difference you dream of. Apply directly online at avondale.edu.au. 
called to make a difference? Called to be at Avondale. You're listening to The Marriage Project, where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. If you've just tuned in, I'm Pastor Bethany. And I'm Chapo. And we are married people who are also pastors who work together. And we've been talking about our experience in marriage, um, why we chose The Marriage Project as the radio show that we wanted to talk about with you guys, and also our own experiences of marriage growing up and and what that looked like for us in our families of origin. That's what we've shared about so far. Yeah, talking about why it's something that is really passionate and something that we are passionate about, something that's on our hearts and and that we wanted to sort of bring to the table. Um, and we also, yeah, like you said, we also spoke about why we have called this the marriage project because the word project in in itself conveys the idea that it's something that is continually being worked upon and something that requires effort to to do well. That's and, right. Yeah. Look, particularly at this time, it's interesting to talk about that idea of project because we've um sort of getting towards, oh, I don't know, I don't want to say the end, but we're sort of moving through into a different phase of what the whole coronavirus season has looked like. Yeah. And let's um, be honest, 2020 has been so different than so many of us planned that it would be. Yeah. And a lot of us have spent our work time, our parenting time, and our relationship time differently than we thought we would. Absolutely. It's been a massive shake-up to everybody, but it's been a huge shake-up to families, families with children, families Mm -hmm. who have been able to work from home and how to juggle all those things at once, and also people who have all of a sudden been in the situation where they have to spend more time together than they normally would. Um, All the way back in March, when the sort of the whole lockdown thing just begun, there was a news article on coming from ABC, and the heading of it was how to stay married through coronavirus. Mm. And I guess that they predicted that with the lockdowns that would happen and the way that people would be isolated, that marriage would be a hard place to be for many people. That's right, in Australia. Pe- yeah, and particularly if there was already some like prickly thorns in your marriage, and there were some things that you were already having a hard time with not having the day apart and, you know, like to work in your own field and do your own things and be with your own friends and things like that. And to be, you know, isolated together was going to actually bring out a lot of stuff. Again, showing the need that it's something that continually has to be worked upon. There was one tweet that they referenced and it said, whoever was predicting more coronavirus babies than coronavirus divorces has not been to my house in the last two days. Oh, ouch. Ouch, yeah. Yeah, and I guess some households would have the babies and some households would have the divorces. And we found even in our household that, you know, we have a safe home, we have a loving marriage, we have stable income, that it has still been a really trying period for us. Yeah. Um, And there's been times where people have been cranky or tired or just needed some plain old space when we haven't had any... Yeah. Um, where our responsibilities have changed and shifted and we've had to have conversations about expectations, yep. how to get through this together. And um, when you don't have a safe home or when you don't have a safe space to bring up how you're feeling and express your needs, then that could be really difficult too. Yeah. yeah. They actually found, um, and this was reported in that article, that in China, immediately after the peak of coronavirus, they started seeing divorces peak. Wow. Um, so, yeah. That's really but, sad. As a result of the being locked down together. And is it? It's tragic. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. And even in Australia, I know that the government has put a lot more funding into domestic violence. Yep. Because some homes are not safe. And we've seen those statistics rising, which is a really sad outcome yep. for all of this as well. And so, I guess we wanted to speak into if your marriage is, you know, okay, if your marriage is struggling or if your marriage is sort of 
you know, even just a little bit on the, the less than ordinary side, how to, how to build back up again, how to feel stronger and, yeah. and approach the world afresh. Yeah. Yeah. Because these stories are sad, particularly when you come from our perspective, like for, for us being quite passionate about marriage and family because of our own upbringing. But then secondly, coming from it as, well, theologians, I suppose is, is a term, <laughs> but people who love the Bible and people who, um, see the Bible as a source of truth and, wisdom and beauty and seeing what marriage is intended to be biblically and seeing that for so many people, that's not what they experience. They're not experiencing the true richness and blessing of what marriage is supposed to be. And we'll talk about that a bit more um, as we go on this afternoon. And I guess too, you and I, having come from both single parent backgrounds, from having come from families with lots and lots of generations of dysfunction, Mm. we've been working on a new thing between the two of us and with our children in the way that we raise our children. And and working on something new means that you consciously choose not to revert to those old patterns from your childhood as well. And sometimes when you're in a situation of stress, when you're overwhelmed, those old patterns really just revert and come straight back out again yeah. as well. So so often in those moments of stress and anxiety and exhaustion, the worst of us can come out. Yeah, and um, I, I find that that's, that's the times when I'm the most cranky or the most snappy the same. or the least awesome version of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the least tolerant. I'm the, the most easily annoyed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, we wanted to spend a little bit of time addressing some of the common myths about marriage. I find that for myself, when I gather in a group of women, that there's always somebody who brings up the difficulty that they're having with their husband. Oh. I don't are, know, you, are you going to get in trouble for this? Are I don't you, know. I might uh, not get invited to any play dates anymore. Yeah. I think it's really important that women have those safe spaces to talk. But I think also sometimes we buy into that rhetoric, that conversation of, hey, let's all whinge about our spouse. Mm. And let's say let's say bad stuff about our spouse because that's what everyone says about their spouses as well. Oh, and also, oh, you don't okay. want to be that person who's like, "Hey, actually, my husband's really cool and awesome, and he did all these <laughs> things right in the face of somebody who's struggling as well." So right. it's kind of both. But I think that it's kind of toxic to buy. I don't know if it happens in male groups as well that you buy into that toxic joking behavior where you talk about your spouse in a certain way. Oh, uh, it can, yeah, yeah, it can. But I wouldn't say it's frequent. I wouldn't say it's at least from my experience. It's not like the. The go-to conversation yeah. topic, but it's not the it only thing that we talk up. about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it does come up from time, like frequently in sing- single gender groups. Yeah, yeah. And look, and I guess that brings into the whole topic all the different dumb jokes that people make about marriage and the way that marriage is commonly perceived. Yeah, by a lot of people. I remember it was a couple of months ago. Now I was stuck behind a a, um, a big truck at the traffic lights. And, you know, it was one of those trucks that had the big mud flaps on it, had the really big exhaust, it had bumper stickers all over it that said all sorts of stuff. But the only one that I could actually decipher and read from where I was, it said this, it says, attention, driver carries no cash, he is married. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, it portrays <laughs> the idea that, like, you know, once you get a wife, that's just a drain on your finances that, um, you know, that, that it's, it's a bad thing. And there's so many of these horrible jokes, like, for such a long time, when someone gets married, what do they? What do you call your wife? The old ball and chain. Like yeah. it's the thing. Like it's a, it's an imprisonment. It holds you back. It's a it's not a great thing. It's a negative thing yeah. for your life. Yeah. And I even like just jumped on Google, and there was one page that was like 170 jokes about marriage, and all of them have that same attitude and gender stereotypes as well. Yeah. So I found like a lot of the ones that talked about wives, for example talked about how they are demanding, 
um, how yep. they get their own way, yep. how they take your money, yep. and how they're spiteful. Yeah, here's one here. It says, um, before marriage, a man yearns for the woman he loves. After marriage, the why becomes silent. Wait, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> before marriage, a man yearns for the woman he loves. After marriage, the why become silent. Oh, so ends. Yeah. Oh. So, it's again, that idea. You know, the, one of the oldest ones is you know, the three rings of marriage. It's the engagement ring, the wedding ring, and then the suffering. As oh. if, And it's just this horrible perception that being married is being imprisoned in this horrible circumstance. Where the man is, can never be good enough yeah. to keep up with what the woman requires of him Yeah, as well. it's like you're stuck with a person you don't like living a life that you hate. It, yeah. It's just, it's so horrible because it's not what it should be. Yeah, I got another one here. It's a little meme and it says, what's mine is mine and what's yours is ours. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's one that I did find a bit funny. It was the one and it was a picture of a man and he was completely frozen solid, like he had icicles hanging off him and everything like that. He's sitting outside in his motorcycle and it says, my wife said she would only be five minutes. <laughs> I can only relate to that because um, I made Chapo wait such a long time <laughs> when we were dating all the time when he was trying to come and pick oh, me up. <laughs> it's true. It and it's, it's not true of all women, but um, it is... There are some things that, like, they do fit well for the stereotypes. That's true. It's not the only time you made me wait, though, is it, honey? Okay, this is something that I'm just never going to live down in my whole life. I was an hour late to our wedding. An hour? No. An hour and a half. An hour and a half. Okay, so I put it that I was an hour late, but the photographer was half an hour later than me, and I didn't want to go down the aisle without him because we'd paid so much money and you only do that moment once. So, so I'm claiming an hour, but for Chapa, who was waiting up the front on a hot day in a room full of people, it was an hour and a half, and it was a struggle. You didn't, but, uh, you look, didn't think that I was going to ditch you, did no, you? No, I didn't. You no, just but, were like, she's so late. <laughs> and, um, but Pastor Justin Norman, who married us, he said to me only recently, he said that was still the latest bride that I have ever married in my yeah. life. Yeah, so. so I've got a record <laughs> for that. I don't have a criminal record, but I have a lateness record. And like I said, it's not true of all women because many of them are much more <laughs> punctual than I am. That's true. Look, we've got a bit more of this to talk about. We're going to come back and uh, continue this discussion about some of the myths about marriage and some of the unfortunate stereotypes that get portrayed. But right now we're going to take a short break. Okay. We'll be back with you soon. Wonderful. Come the fountain, every blessing To my heart to sing my praise Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious song Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mountain fix upon Mount of thy By thy great help I've come And I hope by thy good pleasure Safely to arrive at home Cause Jesus saw me when a stranger Wandering from the fall of God He to rescue me from danger Interpose his precious blood 
strength to wait And let thy goodness Like a feather By my wandering heart to I'm prone to wonder Lord I feel Prone to leave the God I love Here's my heart Lord Take and seal it Seal it for thy courtesy Well, welcome back to The Marriage Project. You're listening to Faith FM. You're here with Chapo. And Bethany. And we are talking about marriage this afternoon, which is what we talk about on The Marriage Project. Up until now, we've just been talking about a number of things, but most recently talking about many of the myths and, I guess, awful ways that marriage is viewed by society that isn't as beautiful and as wonderful as it could and should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the ones that we didn't address that you often hear, and this is one that you particularly don't like, is, and a lot of people think this is, you know, this is a standard one, yeah. um, happy wife, happy life. Yes. Tell me about that. So, I think, like, it's good in the premise that, like, you want to keep your spouse happy to have a good life. But the fact that it's one spouse that is the happy one that makes your life happy feeds into that idea that women are demanding and spiteful and take your money and get their own way. And that's what causes happiness in a marriage, you know, that there's one partner who is always right and there's one partner who is always wrong and the right one is the female and the male is the one who has to do the apologizing and do the fixing and do the groveling and give the money without saying anything. Yeah. Yeah. Look, because I have just as much power to make this a miserable home as you do. Right. Yeah. That's, you know, let's, let's not be. Yeah. And uh, both, and my happiness that is my choice and it's not given to me by you as well in our household as well. Yeah. And we both need to work on that and generate that rather than one person constantly sacrificing that for for the other person and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a a video that was getting shared around a lot at the beginning of the lockdown period, and it was a man who went and explained to his elderly parents what was happening in the world and that what was coming towards us in terms of having to be isolated in lockdown. And he said, look, you've got two options. A, you can be locked down here together and you can't see anyone else. You just have to stay in the home together. And the woman, his mother, quickly jumps up and says, B, 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 I'll take B. Can I take B? Um, without even hearing what option B was, just because <laughs> she so desperately didn't want to be locked in the home with um with oh. her husband. And, it, like, yeah, it was funny. Yeah, there's a giggle in there, but it's also it made my heart sad. Yeah, you know that, for those of us listening earlier, it reminds me exactly of how my grandparents were. Yeah. Like, I honestly don't remember any loving behaviours or if their relationship was ever one that had love in it. And yeah. I, it, like their whole marriage from my point of view as a child growing up was a loveless one. And a, a, I don't know, what's that word? Like strained? Strained. Yeah yeah. Str- yeah. 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 And for some people being locked together for a long time would be hard for them. And it's yeah. sad because that's not the idea that God wants marriage to be in our lives as Correct. well. So let's do the other hand. What do people say about husbands? When only nice things. Only nice things. Ever. Actually, I think husbands get a pretty raw end of the deal yeah. because- 
the men in the relationship situation are often made out to be incompetent, to mm. be childish, to be bad well, at. Look at Peppa Pig. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That so, poor dad. That poor dad. He can't do anything right. Yep. Not only does the mother constantly belittle him, the kids are always in on it as yeah. well. Constantly second guess him. And men are perceived to be bad at sex, bad at cleaning and bad at parenting. Yeah. The parenting one is, is, is pretty rough. Like, you know, I know even for us sometimes, like I've had the children, you know, and you've been away at a conference or a work event or something like that. And, People say to you, oh, do you think they'll be okay? Like, you know, well, what are you going to get home to as if I'm some complete idiot that's going to, like, lose the kids and set the house on fire? Um, <laughs> you know, or people might say to you, you know, oh, is Chapo babysitting? Yeah, right. And you, you certainly don't manage the household in the way that I do. No. But then I don't manage the household in the way that you do either. And um, that's the joy of living with somebody else who's an adult where you both have a say in yeah. how you live your life. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely a team and we divide and conquer when it comes to the raising of our children. And one of us isn't babysitting the children. Both of us are parenting them. Cool. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've got, I've got a little joke here. One, it says, daughter says, what is marriage? And mother says, Marriage is just a fancy word for adopting an overgrown male child who cannot be handled by his own parents anymore. Yeah. That's rough, hey? So, and that's one you hear a lot where people say, oh, how many kids have you got? And they say, oh, well, you know, one or two. Oh, but then there's my husband as well. So, really three, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So, technically, he's yeah. one of the kids, which is just not like a level playing field. Like, you're two adults who are raising a family together and running a household together. You're yeah. not. You know, there's not levels of adultness and, and both need to come to the table. And so that's a really sad way of thinking about it as well. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like some of these things are just the differences between men and women. Some of these things come down to the differences in family of origin and what we think is normal and the way that things should be done. Um, there's a whole lot of mother-in-law jokes about how, like, you didn't do a great job with your son, so don't tell me what to do with my children. Yeah. Um, and we can even talk about family of origin strain and, we know from science that the mother-in-law relationship, whether it's towards the male or the female in a, in a married relationship, is always the most strained of relationships. Yeah. It's always the one where those family of origin things come out oh. and are the most difficult. Well, how many jokes are there about mother-in-laws? Yeah. Yeah. So many jokes. Well, I've got a great mother-in-law. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's a treasure. And, you yeah. know, um, for those of you who don't know us personally, um, Chapo's mother is recently deceased as well. And so I really miss having her around. And it's it's really hard to not have a mother-in-law and to hear people complain about theirs when I wish that I had yeah. one. Yeah. So I guess something that I wanted to look into was what the Bible says about marriage. But are we going to take a little break before we do that? Yeah, let's take a quick break. Yeah. Yep. And then awesome. we'll come back soon. After the break, we'll talk about the Bible. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM. Welcome to The Marriage Project. For those of you who've just tuned in, it's Bethany. And Chapo. And The Marriage Project is where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. We were talking just recently, before we had a break, about about jokes about marriage, about common misconceptions about marriage. Yeah. I've got another little joke for you guys. It says, after an argument with my wife, I like to tighten the lids on all the jars just so I can say, oh, you need me now. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was yeah. really great. Yeah. Yeah. And look, we've been sort of summing up all this, this joke after joke after joke about 
all of the ways that marriage, you know, what is perceived to be miserable imprisonment. Endure. It's something you have to endure. endure yeah. Living with someone that Suffering. you don't like and you, that you suffer through with, you know, the idea that, um, you know, there's also the idea that's often joke, joked about that when you have a girlfriend, she's lovely and sweet and beautiful and kind, but then once, once you marry her, then the the claws come out and all that kind of stuff, and, yep. and they change. The, the other way around is like you have a man who does all of these romantic things for you, and then you get married, and he does nothing, and, and he's stops. lazy. Yeah, 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 it goes both ways. Yeah, yeah, and look, we've just been talking about the fact that we think this is horrible because this is what I often say to to couples when we're doing like preparation for marriage. And I talk about some of these jokes and I talk about some of these conceptions and we know people who have marriages that aren't awesome and that, you know, some of these things might be true of. And I say to them, look, you can have this kind of marriage if you want. Like, it's really easy to have a bad marriage, but I suggest you don't. Uh, you don't mm, have to. Yeah. Um, you don't yeah. have to have this. It's not the ideal and it takes work, but there is a better better option. Yeah. And I guess that's the the direction that we've come from with approaching marriage is that it's something that we're working on, which is why we've called it the marriage project. Mm. And it's something that we're investing in and working towards and creating and choosing yeah. for, for our future and for us. That's right. Yeah. 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 So for the little bit of time we have left this afternoon, I just want to spend a little bit of time talking about, and this is something that's going to come up again and again throughout, you know, our time talking with you, but particularly just a short time looking at what the Bible actually says about marriage. And so, we've just got a couple of little statements and yeah. texts to talk with you guys about. Yeah. And again, over all of the shows that we do, we will be discussing different aspects of marriage and different biblical wisdom about marriage that's as well. Right. And some of them we might revisit and unpack a little more as yeah, well. that's right. But just a, a brief overview here. I'm going to start with a verse that's in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 22. And it says simply, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice, but it's not just supposed to be a nice, sweet thing. It's um, it's biblical wisdom saying that if you find a wife, then like it's supposed to be seen as a blessing from God. Your wife is not supposed to be some nagging, money draining, horrible person you live with, as the joke suggests. It's a treasure. It's something to be valued and held onto for as long as possible and treated exquisitely. Because it's a great thing that's a part of your life. Your life is richer and better because of your wife. Yeah. So, marriage is designed by God to be a blessing to the individual. Yeah. And maybe even to both parties at the same time. So, I guess with that, like when you think about a treasure, when you think about how amazing it is and how exciting it is and how you want to keep it and how wonderful it is, just thinking about your marriage to your spouse, like... I can be a blessing to you and you can be a blessing to me and we can choose that for yeah. each other as well. We can choose to create that in each other's lives. And it's interesting to think about like what material treasures you have. I've got some treasures, you know, I've, <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got a Fender Stratocaster that's worth an exceptional amount of money that hangs on the wall and it's a treasure. And it's something that I don't, I wouldn't lend it to someone. I treat it very carefully because it's of great value. Do I treat my marriage like that as well? And that's not just you as an individual. It's also our life, our love, our connection. You know what I mean? Am I valuing it the same way? Yeah. And um, it's nice for you to say that because um, the listeners might not know that our house is literally covered in guitars. We have guitars on the wall and guitars under the bed and guitars in the spare room and guitars in the office. So, for you to say, like, do I treasure my spouse? 
as much as all these things that are literally all yeah, over our yeah, house yeah, yeah. is just really beautiful. Oh, so you feel special? I do. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. And I think that's the thing is like that we have to look at our spouse and think, you know, do I treasure, do I value them yeah. in the way that I behave, in the way that I speak, in the way that I do things for them and treat them as much as I say that I do or as much as these other things that are in my life, like my worth, work or my children or my material possessions as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. And to think about how can I be a blessing to you? Like today is a new day. I've woken up and this is what I'm doing today in all of the list on my to-dos. Yeah. Have I actually been a blessing to you and have I actually loved you well? And can I go to bed at night knowing that today that's something that I have done yeah. because God has asked me to be a blessing to you? Yeah. And yeah. like intentionally being the treasure. Yeah, 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 and vice versa, like that we can be that for yeah. each other, for yeah. one another, That's and right. we can fight against those things that tear marriages apart by yeah. being a blessing to one another. Yeah. yeah. So, the next thing that we're going to talk about is that marriage reveals God to the other person. Yeah, and this is very cool. Yeah, this yeah. is very cool. So, I've got a verse in Genesis, which is towards the beginning of our Bibles, in Genesis chapter 2 and verses... 18 to 22. I'm just going through my pages right now. I had it bookmarked and then I shot it. That was silly. Okay. Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to 22. It says this. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature... That was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And while he slept, took one of the ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Mm. I love that part of the Bible. For those of you who aren't familiar with the Bible, this is when God creates the universe and when he creates the very first two people that lived on earth. And he created a man and a woman because there was nobody like the man and he needed somebody to come alongside him and do life with him and to be his counterpart. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So something that I want to note there is the word that the Bible uses is a helper, that God makes a helper, that God finds a helper that is suitable for Adam. And that word helper in Hebrew is the word Ezer. And Ezer, when it's used in the Bible in other places, is only ever used in terms of war. So there are nations that come to help out God's people and they are an Ezer and they help them in a battle. And there are times when the people are struggling and they're in a war and they think that we're going to die and they then God comes to rescue them and he is an Ezer and he helps them and he saves the day. Um, So God is the Ezer or another nation could be an Ezer in a battle and the woman is an Ezer. So it's not just somebody to come along and to do his dishes and to look after his children, um, but rather it is somebody who comes along and fights alongside him in the battle so that he is not alone and he does not fall down. Yeah, and and when you think about that idea that, God himself was referred to as the Ezer of Israel. It puts a very different spin on how we read that verse in Genesis. Right. Um, and what, you know, the woman was called to be to the man. Yeah. 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 And so when she is helping him, it's not in a serving 
servant kind of way, but rather in one who comes alongside and they face life together and the challenges that they meet together, which is really beautiful. Another text that is one of the classic texts when it talks about husband and wives is in Ephesians chapter 5. And verse 25, and it simply says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's pretty succinct. It's succinct, but it is also- Huge. Earth-shattering. It is massive. Yeah. And it's a huge um, call to husbands in the way that they relate to their wives um, to think of the love that was poured out from heaven onto humanity in what Jesus did, in how he called the church, in how he washed the church, in how he made it his people. And to think that husbands are called to love their wives with that same kind of love mm. is tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, it's supposed to say, it's like husbands, can your wives see the love of God in you? Is God being revealed to your spouse through the through your love? Yeah. yeah. And you look at the way that Jesus treated humanity. It wasn't with power and control or coercion. It was with absolute self-sacrifice and love and yeah. And giving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about this idea of marriage revealing God to each other. This is other cool idea that it, in Genesis, when it talks about um, the husband and wife coming together and becoming one flesh, the word that it uses is the word ihad. Yeah. And it's that Hebrew, you know, ihad. <laughs> All um, those guttural sounds. Guttural sounds, <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's really cool about that word is it's the same word that is used to describe the oneness between the Godhead between the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have the oneness that is Ihad, and we have that as a married couple as well. So, so again, it's like- Adam and Eve, the first couple, yeah. man and woman in marriage become that Ihad, which yeah. means they, one, like, yeah, oneness, means one. Yeah. unity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's like the closest you get to understanding the unity between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's yeah, wow. really cool. It's really, really great, which is why- uh, you know, we should be treating marriage like a treasure and doing yeah. all that we can to honour it and preserve it and look after it because it is just a profound institution that God has set up. Absolutely. Um, another thing, because we need to wrap up, but one last thing that I'd like to bring out from the text that you read before yeah. was the reason that it gives in Genesis for the whole process of bringing the woman forth from the rib. It was because- It is not good for man to be alone. That's, right. that's what God says yeah. about Adam before Eve is created, before yeah. the woman's created. Yeah. Yeah. And so, aloneness isn't good for a person, for a human being. Yeah. That it's not okay and it's not the way that God intended us to be is, is alone. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at it in the context, this relationship between the man and woman was supposed to protect Adam from aloneness. He needed to be protected from being alone, which mm-hmm. is why the woman came about. And I guess it's something, again, that I always tell couples when we're doing premarital counselling. I said, like, make sure you do whatever you can to make sure that aloneness doesn't exist within your marriage because you can live together in the same house and still feel completely alone. Yeah, and there are many couples, like the number one reason for divorce in Australia is irreconcilable differences, which basically means we're like ships in the night, we pass each other, we don't do life and marriage and love together, we just live together. Yeah. 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 So your job as a spouse is to protect your spouse from aloneness and to be like, hey, God's put me here to protect you from being alone. So, how can I come into that space and love you well and protect you from that aloneness yeah. in, in your life and yeah. what you're going through right now? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, the overall summary, and this is just a couple of quick verses that we've looked at to wrap up, is that marriage was intended by God to be something that brought so much goodness to your life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't supposed to be a ball and chain or a sentence to an unhappy <laughs> life 
or a moneyless existence. <laughs> um, or a miserable existence. Or a miserable, yeah. And if you are building a strong marriage, maybe you can think about how you can do those things for your spouse and be those things for your spouse this week as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't claim to be experts, but we do just speak from our hearts and what we're passionate about and what we've yeah. learned on our own journey. And from the Word of God, which has taught us a lot about how to love each other well as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, thanks so much for tuning in with us today. Yeah. We've loved having you on this journey with us. We've loved having you if you're in your car or in your home or wherever you're at. We thank you so much for being present with us today. And we look forward to you tuning in again with us next week. Yeah. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia. Alleluia. Sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise him! Oh, praise him! Hallelujah! 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 Thou rushing wind that art so strong. Clouds that sail in heaven along Oh, praise Him, Alleluia Thou rising morning, praise, rejoice Ye lights of evening, find a voice Oh, praise Him, oh, praise Him Him, oh, praise Him.